All right, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 17 tonight. Proverbs chapter number 17 is where we'll begin. And uh, we will use our uh, Bible to turn to several passages in the book of Proverbs as we have been doing uh, during this Wednesday night series. And uh, just when I think I've got the next, usually I have, you know, four to six uh, different, uh, at least outlines ready for the next uh, several weeks. And then as it gets closer, the Lord just impresses upon me, do I stay in that order or do I uh, mix it up? And I'm like, well, we've got this many more weeks and I can't get for three months, I can't get it below six. And so uh, the Lord just keeps adding and adding and adding in this series. And I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've enjoyed the series and I trust it's been a help. And so we'll just continue uh, for the time being. And so uh, we look forward to what the Lord has for us tonight. And I think it'll be very, very helpful. Uh, the character or the person of Proverbs that we're going to look at tonight, um, certainly in our adult life, we're always going to have to deal with the subject I'm dealing with tonight. Uh, it's always going to be something that we're going to be on one side of it or the other side of it. And so once we read the text tonight, I think you'll get an idea of what we're talking about. Proverbs 17, uh, chapter 17 and verse number 22. And the Bible says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Tonight, we're going to deal with the merry-hearted, dealing with the merry-hearted. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we uh, come to you once again tonight, and uh, we need something from your word. We uh, need these truths. We need these principles. And uh, Father, may as we look at them tonight, may we uh, look at some areas that we may be struggling with. May we be, be able to identify uh, some areas in our life that we need to give attention to. May we also be reminded uh, of where our joy comes from. May we be reminded of where our peace comes from. And that's certainly from faith in you. And I pray that you'd use the Bible study tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Certainly, if you've been around church at all for any length of time, you've been around uh, the Bible, you've read uh, your Proverbs of the day, or been around Sunday, you've heard reference this verse, the merry heart, doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. I don't think any of us would dispute that it's important for us to have a merry heart. The Bible tells it it, it is important. Uh, I think uh, we like to have that joy. We like to have things to be excited about. We like to be happy. And tonight I'll use the word joy because it's part of the definition as opposed to happy because there is a difference between the two. The word merry, as we see here, can be defined as joyous, pleasant, agreeable, delightful. Uh, those with a merry heart, as the Bible defines it, they're joyous. Uh, those are, that, that's, that's something that comes from the Lord. That's something that God gives us. And if they're joyous, they're more pleasant. Uh, when you and I have a merry heart, we're more pleasant. It's like, I have a merry heart. No, you have to be pleasant. That's part of the definition. Agreeable, delightful. Uh, I can put this in layman's terms. Somebody you like to be around. Have you ever encountered one of those people that just, they just do something uh, to your spirit uh, when you are around? I'm talking in a positive way, not, not bad. Everybody's like, yeah, uh, I married them 27. No, anyway, uh, but uh, uh, that joyous, uh, pleasant, agreeable, delightful, having joy. Often, uh, these are synonymous, having a merry heart, having a joyous heart, having joy in our heart. Now, I want to remind us that having a merry heart is not determined by our personality. Some people say, well, that's just not the way God made me. Well, God made you, and He, he didn't make you perfect. You're not, we're not perfect because of our fallen nature. You know, but God still changes some things about us. Uh, well, that's just not the way I, I'm, I'm made. Now, we all have different personalities. It's not determined by personality. I taught, when I taught on uh, wisdom and how wisdom is something that we have to obtain, you're not born with it. Right. Say, oh, my child didn't have any wisdom when they were born. Pray for me. None of the children have wisdom when they're born. Uh, we have to get that from God. Personality, your merry heart does not determine by personality. Just to use this illustration, if you just look at the men on the platform, from Brother Collingsworth to Brother Cruz to Brother Fox to Brother Montgomery to Brother French to Brother Roche to Brother Peyton, they all have different personalities. 
from the drill in instructor all the way over to the youth director and everybody in between, different personalities. Now, God gives us certain personality traits. Life alters those personality traits through life. There are some things that happen in life that tend to make us harder in our personality. Some make us softer. Some make us more compassionate. Uh, those are personality traits. It's not determined by our personality. I bring this out. say, well, obviously, Pastor, well, I'll bring it out so you and I can't use it as an excuse. I don't have a merry heart just because that's the way God, God didn't make me that way. I don't have a merry heart because uh, you just don't understand my circumstances. Let me say it like this. Uh, it's not determined, a merry heart is not determined by personality, but it is determined by determination. It's not determined by personality, it's determined by ter determination. If you and I are to have a merry heart, we're going to have to determine to be, determine to have one. It's not a personality. It's not one person is, is, has, ha, has things that somebody else has. Say, well, if I, we just had more possessions, then we would have a merry heart. I know a lot of people who have a lot of possessions, and they don't have a merry heart. It has nothing to do with it. It, it, is, it. it comes to be determined by determination. In other words, you and I must determine that no matter what circumstances I face, I am going to do everything in my ability to have a merry heart. Now, I'm going to touch on some things tonight that you and I may experience in life that affects that. And you say, well, I failed because there's something that took place that took the joy out of my heart. No, you've just lived life. No, you've just faced circumstances that are difficult. So what must I do? I must determine I'm going to have a merry heart. If you're facing a tragedy, you say, well, I just, I just have the joy in my... You're lying. So, Pastor, you just, you just, you're just... You're just you, well, maybe I'm not as good a Christian as you are because I face some things in life that affect you. They burden you. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but where do we lose that joy? We focus on the burden instead of the source of the joy. Most Christians, or should I say a lot of Christians, their merry heart or the joy in their heart is determined by how good the circumstances are. And if they change, they lose the joy. You and I, and by the way, that's the tendency for everybody. So you and I must keep our focus not on the circumstances around us that change. By the way, I say this, I'm so thankful that as a young man, even as a college student, I used to hear Brother Hiles preach this all the time. If everything's going good now, you don't need this message now, don't tune me out. One day you may need it. Or better yet, one day you will need it. Because it's circumstances, well, Pastor, I hope those people tonight that don't have merry hearts, I hope you help them. Well, you better take notes too, because one day your circumstances are going to change. And if you're not careful, our eyes will focus that attention to self-preservation, to surviving the day, to getting through. What do we have to do? As circumstances around us change, and by the way, let me, let me flip that coin over, if you'll allow me, just because circumstances change and you've, you're dealing with some hard things doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. Uh, things do get better. Time does help with situations. But be that as it may, we must keep our eyes on the source of joy, on the source of where that joyous heart can come from. And friend, it's not your pastor, although just being around him makes you, just puts you in a good mood, doesn't it? Uh, it's, it's not even your church family, although that helps you. But the source is joy, of joy is our Lord. Now, I've got nine statements I want to make tonight, and I will hurry through them. Hurry is a relative term, so I will, I will, I will hurry through them.
And uh, I'll just remind you that I'll let you out early Sunday morning. With that in mind, Mary, meaning joyous, pleasant, agreeable, delightful. With it in mind, nobody has given, nobody got the spiritual gift of a merry heart. Meaning no matter what life throws at you, you just always have a merry heart. Nobody has that. It's not a spiritual gift. It's something that we have to work on so that we may have. Now, as I did this study on a merry-hearted individual, we're going to usually, we have this character and we look at, for for example, dealing with the fool. Okay, how how does God identify the fool? Then what does God tell me in his word that, that helps me know how to treat the fool, for example? The merry-hearted, we're going to look at all different sides of it. Uh, what is, we, we've defined what that merry heart is, uh, what it, what, how it helps us, uh, what it means to not have it, uh, where we should be mindful. So no matter where you are, I say all that to say where you are in your Christian life, uh, things can be just wonderful right now. You say, well, I have the joy of the Lord. Wonderful. We're going to see some things uh, that can determine that. And if you're on the other side of that, and you're like, I just... You know, life has just thrown something. We've all been there. You may be there tonight. There's some things that will help us tonight. So as we go through these, uh, let's, 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 some of these I'll spend a few minutes on. Some of these I'll go through very, very quickly tonight. Let me say number one, uh, as you turn to chapter 15 and verse 13. Chapter 15 and verse 13. Go ahead and turn there because the first uh, three, we're going to be in, in chapter 15, verse 13. Proverbs 15, verse 13, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Now, number one, a merry heart is reflected in your countenance. That's what the Bible says. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. If you have the joy of the Lord, your face knows it. Now, you know, again, we all have different personalities. We all have a different way of expressing things. For example, this, this is the same subject but different subject. Last week, weekend, Thursday and Friday, the meeting I preached out, Brother Terrell Hawkins was there and one of the service. We sat next to each other. And uh, we misbehaved like teenage boys, but, you know, anyway. No, I mean, it was a great, great meeting. Enjoyed the singing, enjoyed the preaching. I mean, preaching was good and... You know, Brother Hopkins, I mean, he's, he's, he's standing, he's shouting, he's waving. I, I'm, I internalize. I'm like, boy, that's good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I pump the fish, you know. That sort of, you know, Brother Hopkins is like, woo, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. Now, we both enjoyed. We both were getting, we both were expressing. He just does in stereo. The same is true when it comes to the joy of the Lord. I'm not, I'm not advocating tonight that you got to run through the aisles during handshaking time, high-fiving everybody to let them know that you have the joy of the Lord. I'm also going to say, just go ahead and say tonight, get, go ahead and reestablish this and, and hopefully touch on it throughout the outline, that just you can still have the joy of the Lord if circumstances are not good. But we have to determine to do so. But the Bible does say that it shows on your countenance because of what he's doing in your heart. A merry heart is reflected in your countenance. I'm convinced that we as Christians always need to take note of our countenance. So, Pastor, can I interpret that verse to mean if I don't have the joy, I can show it on my countenance? I don't think that's what God intended in his meaning. It's to make us aware that people can tell what's going on with us by our countenance. And so, well, Pastor, I have a burden that's weighing me down. If I come to, it's hard to go to, it's hard to be in, it's hard to be around people. It's hard to face some things. It's hard to go back to work. It's hard to do all those things. It's hard not to have them. I, I understand that. I'm not minimizing that. I'll touch on that in just a minute. But it should cause us to take note and say, Okay, God, I need you to do something for me. Just, I need something. I'm getting ready to go live my day. 
be where I'm supposed to be. I don't feel like doing it. I, I, I don't, I need you. And it causes us to take the responsibility and say, it's going to show on my countenance. So I better spend time with the Lord in the morning. I might need to, at this period of my life, stop several times during the day and pray and say, I need you. I need you. It's important, men of the house, it's important. We, 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 we carry the burdens for our home. People, and that doesn't mean at home that you just walk through the house, hey, everything's good. No, it's not always good. You know, it, it, but what I'm saying is it causes us to pay attention to it. And so, number one, a merry heart is reflected in your countenance. Number two, and I've already touched on this, but I made it, I made it a, a point tonight. Number two, no one has a merry heart all the time. No one has a merry heart all of the time. A merry heart makes a cheerful country. How can you say that? Because I've seen your faces. We've, we've all, we, 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 we're all human. We all, as a church, we're a close church. We spend a lot of time together. And we don't, you don't always have a merry heart. There's a lot of reasons for that. I don't have time to touch on all the reasons for that, but there's a context here in this verse we'll touch on. It reflects in our countenance. If I don't always have a merry heart, then what do I need to do? I need to pay attention to my countenance. I need to stop and say, you know, I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want people to. I won't, I, but I, so I have to have God give me some joy. Say, uh, can we all agree with that? Okay. You say, well, Pastor, that's not easy to do. I'm going to tell you how we do it in just a moment. But it's something that we need to do. So number two, no one has a merry heart all of the time. Number three. Notice this verse again before I give you number three. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Number three, sorrow is the killer of a merry heart. Should we have a merry heart? Yes or no? It shows in our countenance. I've already established nobody has a merry heart all the time. Does that mean that God's not good? God's always good. Does it mean God's way is not always above our ways? His ways are always above our ways. It just means sometimes life is bigger than we are. It might mean sometimes an area of our life has gotten, Christian life has gotten weak. And we need to build it up. It might mean we take a day and we don't prepare ourselves in the walk with it like we should. There's a lot of reasons. So before you get ready to quit on God because you don't, your countenance isn't what, it, what you think it should be or because you don't have a merry heart tonight and it says we should have a merry heart, let me just establish that no one has a merry heart all the time and sorrow is the killer of a merry heart. Without exception, everybody in this room has experienced sorrow. You study the Bible David experienced sorrow. Paul experienced sorrow. Elijah, Elisha. Do you name the people we look up to as great people of faith and heroes of the faith and people God greatly used? They didn't have a merry heart all the time. What's the killer? Sorrow is the killer. See, Pastor, why are you supposed to encourage us tonight? My countenance has fallen now. No, it's because you and I, as we, the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes reminds us that life happens. It rains on the just and the unjust. So why do we need to bring this out tonight? When sorrow comes, you need to pay closer attention to your heart. If you'll allow me to speak from a position of experience, I know what it's like to have sorrow. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend that the heart always feels the way it should feel when you experience it. But I must also be careful to keep my eyes on the source of joy. That's why if you are experiencing sorrow, don't stay out of church until you get over it. Get in church, it'll help you get over it. 
I don't feel like going. That's when you need to go. Why? Because sorrow is the joy killer. Heart. Burdens do that. That's what sorrow does. And when you go through experience sorrow and... I believe the Lord's opened the door for some of these things to help people go through this, not just here, but at other places. Why? Because it's, 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 it's an important thing because sorrow comes to all of us. It's the killer of a merry heart. Number four, turn with me to chapter 14, back to chapter 14. Chapter 14, look with me at verse number 10. The heart knoweth his own bitterness. And a, the heart knoweth his own bitterness. And a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. I'm going to read that again. I want you to pay close attention to it. The heart knoweth his own bitterness. And a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. Now notice the word joy. And notice the heart knoweth his own. So the heart associated with joy. The merry-hearted. Now, let me give you number four. Because the Bible says the heart knoweth his own bitterness. If you're honest, you know the condition of your heart. You know where it's at when it comes to having a merry heart or having joy. If you're honest. Uh, but then notice it says a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. A stranger doesn't know. Now, we can look at a countenance, but a stranger intermeddle with joy. He, 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 he's not involved in that. Now, here's, number, here's number four. You cannot fully know the burdens of another man's heart. You cannot fully know the burdens of another man's heart. Say, Pastor, why do you interject this in with a, a cheerful heart? Because one, statement number one sounds very simple, but it's very important. A merry heart is reflected in your countenance. That should say, well, they, everybody should just, they're just going to have to put, no, 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 put up with me. No, no, the, we should give grace to one another, but I have a responsibility. If I'm reminded that people can see the condition of my heart on my face, I might can do the best I can, but still burdens are heavy. Burdens weigh you down. People who see you and love you and know they can see through that, but I should be making the effort. Likewise, if we're not careful, we're on the other side of that, and see, we see somebody's countenance, and this is counsel that I give when somebody is grieving and they lose a loved one. People are going to move on, and if they've never experienced what you've experienced down the line, they're going to look and say, why aren't they over it? I don't understand what, what, what the big deal is. That's why I believe this verse of Scripture is so helpful and so important. My heart knows, my heart, when I'm honest. But the, the stranger can't know. So you and I must remember, you cannot fully know the burdens of another man's heart. You cannot know all of the burdens. It's one of those cliche things that we say because we don't know what to say. And when you don't know what to say... Good counsel is just to not say anything. But I know what you're going through. No, you probably don't. Even if you've had a similar experience, notice what I just said, you can't know all the burdens. You can't know all the burdens. And if you did know all the burdens, you cannot know the weight of all those burdens. Because what, how a burden might weigh for you, it might weigh heavier for somebody else. You can't fully know the burdens of a man's heart. Number five. Chapter 15, verse 15. Did I say chapter five? Number five. Chapter 15, verse 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil. How many of the days? All of them. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now, 
We've used a few verses to establish some things that I don't think we often look at when it comes to a merry heart, or perhaps we've never looked at them this way. The merry heart is very simple. The Bible is very clear in this. It's easy to understand. A merry heart is reflected in your countenance. No one has a merry heart all of the time. Nobody does. So before we circling around the number four, you can't always know the, 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 the uh, burden of another man's heart before we judge another person's Christianity because they're carrying the burden on their shoulders. Now, I, I haven't relieved us of our obligation to stop and say, God, you got to help me. i got, I got to get my countenance up. i got to encourage myself. I can't, I can't, I can't feel, i, I got to go because people are going to know. I need, I need to have my focus on you. At the same time, you cannot, we, we said sorrow is a killer of a merry heart. You can't know the burdens of another man's heart. So I want to identify the danger to me. So if I face sorrow, I know I can take my joy. That's, that's the killer. So we come to number five. As we read verse 15, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now, even with all that that we've already established concerning a merry heart, number five, those with a merry heart are celebrating life. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. I think sometimes we'll read a verse like that, if not this verse, and say, that's for all those people that have it, everything together. You know how many people on this planet have it all together? Zero. Well, that's for all those people that got blessings I don't have. That's not what this verse says. That's for all those people who, who just, they haven't, they haven't faced the things I've faced. They haven't carried their burdens they have. They might have, and they probably have carried some you don't know. We've already established that. But let's just say that's a true statement when you say it. Nobody's had to carry. What if you had to carry what I had to carry? Then you wouldn't be celebrating. That's, that's what that verse is for. No, that's not what that verse says. And based on what we've already established about a merry heart, we, God's the source of that joy. God's the source of that agreeableness, if you will. So those with a merry heart are celebrating life. Well, Pastor, does that mean they don't have any burdens? No, it means in the burdens, they're still celebrating the good and the positive. Nobody's life is 100% good. Nobody's life is 100% bad. It can seem that way. It's like, what else is going to happen? You know, and life is just that way. A lot of times, the old saying as it is, and in Florida we understand it, well, when it rains, it pours. But even in that, you can find something to celebrate. Again, permit me to be personal, if you will. When our daughter Amanda was sick, God did not heal her the way we wanted God to heal her. He chose to heal her in a different manner. That is a, and those are some of the others, some others in this room have experienced losing a child. That is a breaking thing. So you can, and you can't escape that sorrow, but sorrow's a what? It's a, it's a joy killer. It's the killer of the merry heart. But you know, when you bury a loved one, you can celebrate heaven. You can, you can look at that grave and you can, you can this is, be reminded that my loved one's not here or, or that, that void, or you can say, you know, they're, they're in heaven and I have something to look forward to one day. You say, well, well Pastor, that, that, that sounds good. Sometimes it ain't other people you're trying to convince, it's yourself. But you can celebrate the good parts of life you can have a merry heart. How do you do that? You determine to celebrate and enjoy the good and positive. You determine to do it. And when your heart 
is full of sorrow and it begins to sink, you remind yourself of God's promises. You remind yourself of what God's got you through. You remind you of what God has. Uh, and if you remind yourself of those promises, well, <clears throat> I don't know how I'm going to get through this. He will get you through. Celebrate the good things of life. Because no, if you have a merry heart, you're celebrating life. You know, you may have to go so far as to say, you know, i got to find the good. Let's just talk about that. Let's just celebrate that. That's something that you determine to do. That, look at verse 14. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Well, well, every day is a bad No, every day is not a bad day. There are days that we would never want to relive. But every day of life that we've been granted is a gift from God. Pastor, in this day, I can't, this day I live, whatever day it is, is I just can't find. Oh, you have to determine that you're going to find something. The Lord got you through it. As Psalm 23 reminds us, David was even reminded, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear. Well, you know, to write that, you've got to go through the valley of the shadow of death. God got, you, got me through it. Number six, same verse. Let me read it again. Let me make the statement. I'll, I'll read it again. Those without a merry heart view things from a negative and dark perspective. Look at verse 15. The latter part of that verse says, He that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. But the beginning of that verse says, All the days of the afflicted are evil. How are all of the days evil? It's their viewpoint. It's their perspective. You hear me say often that bitterness is more dangerous for a Christian than alcohol is. Oh, but pastor, you, I'm not minimizing the evil of alcohol. But the sorrow of heart is the killer of a merry heart. That sorrow is in those with an evil perspective all of the days. So you and I must guard ourselves against when sorrow comes. I need to focus on joy. I got to get my joy back. I got to keep joy in my heart. Some days you don't feel like singing. Do the best to sing anyway. Don't, don't, don't give it. Well, I, just, I just can't do it. Hey, I've been there. I'm not preaching anything to you that I have not had to live for myself. And I don't stand up here having done it perfectly. I know that I have not. But I've got enough experience to say that what these verses are saying are very true. You have to determine this isn't going to defeat me. Why? Because God can give me my joy. God is the provider of it. It is Him. So th but those but from that perspective, but then we have to be careful with those who don't have a merry heart and that bitterness takes over or they may not even be a child of God, but that evil. And by the way, bitterness... I, I would, I, again, I say this, and sometimes Christians look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'd rather do a lost person than a bitter Christian. Because they're, what's their viewpoint? A, a lost person is just a lost person. They don't know any better. I'm not saying they can't do evil things as well. But those without a merry heart, a Christian who's lost their joy sees it from a dark perspective. So be careful allowing yourself to get to that place. But be careful with Christians who've lost their joy. I'm not saying that, okay, so-and-so's gone through something. I've watched him over here. It's been two weeks now. He hasn't got over it. It's time to deal with his joy. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. 
it would probably, and I say probably, it's a safe assumption that everybody in this room at some point in time in their life has had some discouragement. Has carried burdens that you didn't think you'd come back from. You had, you're here tonight because you had a decision. Do I pick myself up, live the life that God has for me, depend on Him to get me through it? I can get my joy, I can have by my merry heart, I can have, because I can look at it with the right perspective. As simple as is the glass half full or is it half empty, it's just deciding how you're going to look at it. How, how good is God? So we, have, we have to determine that. But then those that don't, that's why it's dangerous. Well, it's, it's not, I'll get over it when I get over it. You better be careful. Because those without a merry heart, they look at things from a very dark perspective, a negative perspective. We, we judge things negative. That's why Christians keep our heart right, not just with what we're talking about with sorrow, but with everything. Because if, if sin steals our joy, we look at it from a dark and negative perspective. It's the opposite of charity. If, if, if sorrow steals our joy, we need to be aware of that. And, and I'm not preaching to you tonight that it's something you should bounce back tomorrow or next week. Sometimes it's day after day after day after day. And those days turn into weeks and those weeks turn into months and those months even turn into years. But I'm aware of it. I say today, Lord, you've got to give me some joy. My focus is on you. And, and then, then you get a little stronger because you're in the Word of God and He builds you up. And when you feel your spirit, saying, I, I, gotta have, I got people to see that, 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 I, that, I, that I can have joy. I want to have joy. But if we just let that take over, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with Christians through the years. Some that are, have been in our church, some that were in our church and then aren't in our church, or just complete strangers that I strike up a conversation with. And something came and happened in their life. And they never got up. And now they're bitter at God. They're bitter at other people. And when you get bitter, you do evil. Why is it? And if you, I can't tell you how many cars I said, that's, that's you. They look at you like, what are you talking about? It's because you're looking at it from a dark perspective. And you don't even realize you're looking at it from a dark perspective. This is a silly illustration, but hopefully it gets it's like it's like walking around in the building with, with dark, dark sunglasses on. Somebody needs to turn the lights on around here. It's just what it's the filter you're looking through. Because when we look at life and say this isn't fair and that's not fair, and I'm not here to stand and say what's fair and what's not fair, not fair. I know Jesus dying for my sins was not fair, it's not what I deserved. I'm not, I'm not standing here saying what, what, what that is. We, I'm just saying we've all gone through that. I'm just saying God's a good God in spite of what we may face. He wants us to have joy, a merry heart. And I just, I, I'm trying, and I'm, I'm trying with these Bibles, especially tonight, let's take the excuses that we use away. Well, that's just not my personality. That's an excuse. Well, Pastor, this is what I've been through. I've got some stories to tell you, too. But I determined I didn't want bitterness, what, what, what something else couldn't get me. I didn't want bitterness to get me. Because I'm, I don't want to go out in this world as a Christian. It ain't God good. Now, I'm going to confess something to you. Sometimes I've felt that way. But I had to get my joy. Now, number seven. We're, we're almost okay on time. Chapter 12, verse 20. I'll, I'll run through these very quickly. No more than 10 minutes apiece. Chapter 12, verse 20. It kind of goes along the same point. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. Evil hearts produce deceit, and merry hearts produce peace. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Is love on that list? Certainly. This is where I'm going to do. Is joy on the list? 
So when you face sorrow, how do you get your joy? You have to have the Holy Spirit. There are some things that man can face they cannot bounce back from without the work of the Holy Spirit. I'll have you raise your hand for this one. How many of you have ever been wronged by somebody else? How many of you was that guy? No, no. (laughs) There are some offenses. I've had people say to me, I just can't get over it. Okay, I guess it's been confession night for me tonight. I've been there. If I think about it, I can't get over it. But I can stand here tonight with God as my witness. I am over it. Well, you're just a better... No, it's, it, all the credit goes to the Spirit of God. Because every one of us has faced things in our life, offenses in our life that we cannot get over. But we need the Spirit of God to help us get over there are sorrows that we face that we cannot, that they, they, and this is some of the counsel I give as well. When you face great sorrow, it affects you, and we're going to get to this, it affects you physically. It, it deals with your health, and we're going to document this in Scripture in just a moment. Psychologically, change your personality. There's some things, it's not like, well, get up and rub some dirt on it, put a bandit on it, and go on your way. There's some things, just leave me here so I can just die. But what do we need? We need the Spirit of God. And I and make that statement focusing less on the evil heart produces deceit. We've talked about evil hearts another night. But I'm focused on that merry heart, it produces peace. Because the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and I'll fast forward, is peace on that list? Again, if permit me to be personal, I can go to a cemetery where my daughter was buried, and I can walk to that graveside. It doesn't mean I'm without any sorrow, but I have peace. I have peace. Why? Because the Spirit of God has confirmed in my soul that heaven's a real place. And my loved one is in heaven. Waiting for me to get there. It's peace that comes with that. You can face sorrow and you can still have peace in your life. How do you get that peace? I'm just going to flip this way. No. You need to, it, ha- it takes the work of the Spirit of God. So if I want peace, and sometimes our lives are in turmoil. You ever been there? How do you get peace? Okay, let's all sit in the corner and let's all, let's all, Let's all, you know, let's do yoga and let's all get in. Some of you just imagining yourself getting that position. You can't get up. You know, you, you, you're hurting now just imagining. Just, okay, let's all, let's, you know, that's not how you get peace. Very, very quickly, very practically, please don't, don't, don't miss this. If, you, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're having, facing things in life, you don't, your merry heart, so whatever the case may be, you want to keep your merry heart, you want to keep your joy. Life's in turmoil. I want to get this peace. Don't focus on the peace. Focus on the joy. To get the joy, focus on the source of the joy. We look and say, I got to have peace. I got to have peace. And we're scrambling for peace. And maybe if I, if I put this relationship like this as peace, or maybe if I get an acknowledgement of this, I'll get peace. Or if, if God gives me an explanation why, then I'll get peace. Friend, that's not how God does it. Wanting the peace, we all should want the peace. And God says we can have the peace. Don't try and get the peace. A merry heart produces peace. So focus on what is producing that as a natural byproduct. So if I want a merry heart that I, in spite of whatever goes on in my life, I've got to focus on God His word, His promises, His presence. Then 
I can get my joy. Pastor, I'll come back when I just have some peace in my life. No, come back and be around God's people. Hear God's word preached. Let the Spirit of God do something in your soul. Hear those old songs and let them encourage you. What are you doing? You're focusing on God. Get up every day and I don't feel like reading my Bible. Read one verse. Just read something. Leave the Bible open there and just, I don't know if I can read that verse of Scripture and say, God, I don't even know what to say to you. You have the Spirit of God that is speaking for you, communicating to your Heavenly Father what you need. Well, you have that. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get a little joy back. Get that joy. And then, that merry heart is going to produce that peace. A lot of Christians miss the peace. It's not because they're, they want a bad thing. They want the right thing. But we go after what God says, I'll give you if you have a merry heart. Well, how do I get my merry heart? I focus on Him. Amen. Number 8, chapter 17, verse 22. I got two more. Chapter 17 and verse 22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. Number eight, a merry heart has positive effects on your health. And then I'll go right into number nine. Getting your joy back is vital to your health and to your well-being. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Sorrow will break your spirit. Burdens will break your spirit. The actions of others can break your spirit, dries your bones. You ever, and I touched on, I've mentioned bitterness because it's kind of the it's, the, it's the opposite of a merry heart. People who get bitter and are just angry, it affects their health. Sorrow affects your health. So, what do I need to do? Give my merry heart because it has positive effects. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I'm going to say something that might sound controversial to some, but when you look at it through a scriptural lens, it's not. I'm going to say it. There's a lot of Christians who could get off a lot of medicine. If they'd focus on getting their joy back. Now, don't leave here saying, Pastor said we shouldn't have any medicine. We shouldn't have any. That's, I'm, that's not my belief or position at all. God has blessed me with fairly good health. The doctors look at me and say, Are you going to even? Nope, no medication. I rarely even take an Advil. But when I need one, babe, give me the bottle. And she brings me the Advil. I said, not that bottle, but no, no. I said, bring, 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 me, bring me the bottle. Uh, so I'm not, don't, don't take that wrong. But God made us to have joy. His promises tell us that no matter what happened, when you lose it, and that sorrow comes. And then I, if, if you say, I don't have a one all the time, sorrow is the killer of a merry heart. So what do I need to do? i got to get my... Why? Because it has positive effects on my health. That's what the Bible says. And, and what I mean by that, there's a lot of people who would rather take something to mask than dealing with what the real issue is. There's some Christians that need to get in their prayer closet. They need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Because I've held a grudge against you. Because this happened in my life that I didn't like. Can I help you tonight? Everything that happens in your life, you don't have to like it. This happened and I didn't agree with it. Let me help you tonight. Everything that happens in your life that God allows you don't have to agree with it. But ultimately, you must come to the conclusion, God knows better than I know. Because 
We have to do that. And that number nine, I said, getting your joy back is vital to your health and your well-being. It is vital to your phys- physical health. The Bible tells us that. It's vital to your spiritual health and your overall well-being. I know a lot of people, they take good care of their physical health, but they're running from God, and they spend more time at the doctor than those who take care of their spiritual health and not as good a care of their physical health. Now, I'm not, pastor said you shouldn't do it. That's not what I'm saying. The point I'm making is we should give attention to what affects our spiritual, our mental, our physical. I guess part of what I'm saying tonight is it's okay to be human. It's okay to have the burdens. We can't get rid of some of them. It's okay for that sorrow to come in. And sorrow comes in all forms and fashions. It's not just the death of a loved one. That is sorrow. There's all kinds of things that bring sorrow. I'm sorrowful for what is happening in our country. But I still have to have my joy. That only comes from God. So as we deal with a merry heart, there are those who will be affected by our merry heart. They see our countenance. Why are you in such a good mood? I don't know. It's my winning personality. Well, that's not my personality. Those of you that know me, many of you have known me for my whole life. I've grown up here. If you, if you, if you weren't here when I grew up, you missed out. But if you, even if you weren't here... <clears throat> we've known each other for, for a while. You know it's not my personality. That's just not, but I've got joy in my heart. Now, some days I don't wake up with it. I try and do it with coffee. That doesn't always do it. Boy, you get in this book and you're reminded of how good God is. Spend some time in prayer, God. I don't feel like doing what i got to do today. My heart's heavy. As many days as that way. I'm going to leave here, and there's people that you expect me to lead. My countenance can't be one, even though I'm burdened. I'm going to cross the path to somebody today that you intend for me to be a witness to. I'm burdened. But I've got to have that merry heart. You can have peace in your life. You can have peace in your heart. You can have peace in your home. That world, although things have been taken and shaken upside down, you can have peace in it, but don't go for the peace. The merry heart produces the peace. How do I get the merry heart? I get it from God. He gives me the joy. Pastor, how does that happen? I don't know how God does everything he does. But I can just tell you, and most of you, if not all, you could testify as well. We've all had a time where, we're, exactly how I'm describing, we depended on the Lord. And, 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 the, and the things in our life were the same, but God gave us something that only he could give us, that merry heart. Father, help us to have a merry 